All right, everyone, welcome to Tonecast 112. Good to have you here. We've got a little bit of a special guest on the show today, someone who is near and dear to the the uh, Porter crew here, but actually literally near where we record the podcast. We've got Ben Eden here. Hey, Ben, what's up? Hello. So Ben is our master, I'll call him our master winder, but you do more than winding. And we'll get to kind of your your role at Porter here in a second, but I just want to mention our pickup chooser. This is the form that you can fill out on our website. You'll see the tab uh, for the pickup chooser at the homepage. You can click on that and that will help us determine, you'll fill that out, help us determine a good set and a good match of pickups for for your needs. So we're talking today to Ben, who is one of the guys that will be most likely winding winding your pickups. So Ben, I guess maybe a quick, have you just do a quick introduction of who you are and then we'll get into the kind of the nitty gritty of what you do here at Porter. Yeah. So I'm Ben Eden. I do, uh, I'd say like 95% of the winding here. Um, occasionally Marco will come in and do a couple of them, but I, uh, if you got a coil in the past couple of years from us, chances are I wound it. Um, I also work with our CNC and our laser. So I make Lots of our base plates and tops and things like that. Yeah, so you've you've had the flat work for your strap pickups. You see on the bottom of our humbuckers, we have branded laser stuff. Ben does a lot of that design and setup, and and you have quite the complicated uh, couple benches around the shop. <laughs> but we do a lot of CNCing of materials, and and typically, like, let's just start there with the materials and what we have to do to kind of prep each each different thing. So um, this is kind of a look behind the scenes, but as far as flat work, what happens with the flat work and how does it get to where it's a bob and ready to be wound on your bench? So uh, we get a huge sheet of flat work that we rip down to sizes that we can use. And then from there, we place it inside of the the laser and we have um, files for our different models and things like that, where it engraves our logo, the position, and then it'll actually cut the flat work um, to make it so if it's a 50 millimeter humbucker, it has the right spacing and things like that. Yeah, so it's it's like we, we do that bottom plate stuff. We do the Strat, the Tully, Jazzmaster, all sorts of bobbins. So when it comes to bobbin design, what does that process look like when we're designing something that we know we're going to cut on the laser? Kind of what does that, that creative process look like for you? So... Uh, with our bobbins, most of the time our stuff is pretty standard, but occasionally we'll get a, a custom request of, oh, we want a 49 millimeter Strat. Yeah. So then we'll, we'll go and design something where the uh, typically the Alnico magnets would be the correct distance to make it a 49 millimeter. Um, and then we'll cut the, the top out of thin, the bottom out of thick flat work, and then it moves on to Marco's bobbin building station where we put the Alnicos in. Yeah, and so it's like it's a pretty involved process in terms of the actual cutting of the material is very fast. But when we get into the design, and we did some like 10 string pickups and some lap steel pickups, and some people have drawings, and we try to work with that. So we're, we're kind of doing a hybrid like production slash custom shop all at once. You know, we're cutting, cutting wood veneers out for the fancy top stuff you might have seen. Um, something like our gold foils, you've seen the different tops on the gold foils. That's another thing that we do and that Ben kind of, uh, is on the forefront of some of that stuff. And, and then it gets to your bench and you're, you're winding and you've got, um, years of recipes and, and all that, <laughs> you know, without giving away all of our secrets, but you've got a, uh, you've got a database, right. That you work with that, that basically recalls all the different wines and stuff that we have developed over the years. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I have um, on one of my monitors at my station, I have, uh, I think it's like seven programs right now for our different types of wines. Because um, we do, uh, so OEMs will have some of their own special programs. So that way, if somebody wants a scatter wine, I don't have to manually type it in. I just know, oh, we want model A and we want it to be a neck position. And that way, I don't have to type in 10 numbers every time. I just hit enter and we're ready to roll. Yeah, so that that allows us to, like you said, just really explore kind of new territories, and and then usually in that develop process, process we're we're experimenting with wines and wire types and yeah. and tension and all that stuff. So so as you set up like a a coil, what what do you feel like is important on tension? Like what are you trying to get as you complete a coil? So for tension, I try to get it as tight as we can without snapping. So with our 42 gauge, that's we can get it pretty tight, which means we can get a nice solid coil. Um, but when we're doing something a little bit skinnier, like 44 gauge, we have to be looser, which means we can still get a tight coil, but the the margin of error is a lot tighter. Yeah, and every wire has its own temperaments. Like I know that 44 gauge, like you mentioned, it's a wire that uh, we use here and there. It's not as common, but it's one of those like weather. Yeah. When the when the angle of the moon and the sun is just right or whatever, it, yeah, it, you can't it you can't sneeze within five feet of it and it yeah. breaks. And yeah, so it's basically like two gauges smaller. Which I mean, I don't know if it's like half as small as the forty two, but it's pretty it's pretty tiny. Yeah. So each of those wires has a different setup, and each coating of the wire has a different setup. And so like one of one of Ben's biggest jobs is figuring out, um, you know, making making the tension happy, making the the wire setup, and and we have these very expensive spools of wire that we're we're trying to like get all the wire onto a pickup, basically, uh, which doesn't always happen. We've got two, three buckets of um, I don't want to say screw ups, but just stuff <laughs> happens with the machine, right? Uh, um, so your typical day, like I, I know that, like I guess we could go into like a typical week because your your days or your weeks are never the same, and they're never the yeah. same for Marco or or for me or Kathleen or any of the other people that that are here. So maybe talk through just like an average week, what your, you know, again, not not giving anyway any secrets. I don't think we're going to give any anyway, secrets anyways. But <laughs> but just as far as like, what does your week look like? What are the tasks that you're trying to juggle all at once? And and kind of uh, yeah, just give everyone kind of a peek inside the curtain of of the winding here at Porter. Yeah. So usually um, Monday come in and um, I build the trays. So I'll go through and look at our orders and see what we already have built. We try to keep a stockpile of uh, coils and sets that are either ready for covers or already have them on. So ideally we can pull stuff without me having to wind it right then. So I'll usually build trays on Monday and then try to figure out what bobbins we need. Um, so then Monday would also include cutting flat work for if we needed a strat that we don't have built or, um, something like that. And then Tuesday and Wednesday is usually just pretty wind heavy. Um, a lot of the time at that stage, we have everything we need and we're waiting on me to wind everything. (laughs) So, uh, I'll, I'll get it wound and Marco will come right behind me and get it built. And then later in the week, uh, if, if there's not more to wind, then I'll hop over and help building or I'll uh, start with some of the prep stuff. Like it takes forever just to prep for con. And mm-hmm. that's a step that always has to get done. So a lot of the times I try to do some of those smaller tasks that will just help in the long run. Yeah. And there's there's so many like it's not really grunt work because none of the 
tasks are, are hard. They're just repetitive. Like you mentioned, the four conductor wire, cutting and stripping that to length and doing hundreds and hundreds of pieces every every week or every other week. We're just we're just like prepping and getting screw packets together. And we cut like all of our foam on the laser too. So you're always dialing up packaging foam and and all sorts of different stuff. So we're all kind of running around. But Ben has been such a great addition to to our crew with with his ability to kind of like problem solve, but also just kind of look at things from a different perspective. And Marco and I joke all the time that we we kind of think differently than you, <laughs> and and that's okay because there's different times where your solution is going to be the right one, and then there's times where ours is, and we have to find out what that is by kind of working things out. But it's it's been fun to really develop that stuff, and recently got like a new winding machine, so that's been a kind of a an ongoing project for you kind yep. of dialing mm-hmm. that thing in. We had to build some spindle heads for it. And so you kind of do some of that uh, setup and creative stuff behind the scenes that, you know, it, all the work is like really back end stuff. And then when we actually do what we need to do, it's because we put the time in and we exactly. develop those processes. And so that's a, like a, a nerdy thing. I mean, I think for, for me and for, for Ben, a lot of that stuff just kind of makes us tick. I mean, we don't get out much, obviously, <laughs> but that stuff makes us go, right? We like, like to get customer orders out. We like to, to make new ways and new methods to, to deliver pickups for you, and um, that's, that's something that's super fun. So what would you say kind of is your, um, like, maybe your most enjoyable part of this job? Or what kind of makes you come in every day and kind of do, do what you do? What are things that you really like? Well, you, you mentioned it earlier that every week is different. So we could have a, a big, big order where, okay, well, instead of Monday building trays, I'm just going to wind these bobbins or create these base plates or something like that. So the fact that it's never the same is what makes it really enjoyable for me because mm-hmm. that way I'm not just sitting down. I'm not just winding for three straight weeks. There are sessions where I wind all week. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it, the fact that there's always something different to do is is what makes it so enjoyable. Yeah, and it's just that that kind of the challenge is sort of created by the customers, right? Where the customers order certain types of stuff, and we're like, man, we haven't sold that many of this in two days before, so now we have to figure out how to make this many more of those things. So there's always a trickle down effect, and then Kathleen is our our parts order person, so we've all, we always have to communicate kind of how stuff gets done, and there's a lot going on. And I think one thing I'm really proud of is just this team that has been able to get the amount of stuff that we get out. I mean, we get a ton of stuff out. We do really good work, and and that's been really cool. And so I wanted to definitely wanted to bring you on. Okay, we got to go to the other side of the coin. What are the things that I don't want to say that you hate about <laughs> about this because that's kind of weird. You're like talking to your boss, but. Um, what are some things that maybe are are challenges, and and even if you enjoy them after they're done, yeah. Um, what would be some things that kind of fit into that category for you? Well, so so this one's kind of a fifty fifty. Sometimes it's really enjoyable, and sometimes <laughs> it's a pain. Is when we get um, a customer that has a really specific thing, um, and sometimes they don't do the best job of communicating it. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get somebody who says, "Oh, we want this wood topper." But we'll cut it, and they'll be like, oh, well, you cut it with the grain facing the wrong way or something. So, so things like that where I feel like we did our job really well, and then turns out we, we didn't do it to what the customer was expecting. That, that makes it a little tough, especially yeah. when we have to redo the same thing over and over. Or if something gets uh, 
gets to Kathleen's shipping bench and it's like, oh, this this isn't working and we need to rebuild it because we always do QC right before it goes out. And that's that's something that always is like, oh, that's that's yeah. just I why don't I wanna have to, <laughs> don't wanna have to do it again. Yeah, and how far back does that stuff go, right? Sometimes stuff happens. I mean there there's things that, that happen. It's it's mechanical connections and solder joints and all these things yep. and but it, it is like yeah, it comes back and you're like, Oh, is this a broken coil? If it's a broken coil and it's a cert it's the start of the coil, then guess what? Build a new you one. have to rewind it, but we have to take it all apart and do twice as much work and that's I think you're you're right on with that being like a collective frustration sometimes <laughs> and and I think too is is sometimes just dealing with um expectations you know and and we for those who don't know how things work here, we kind of have a production sheet, then we have a a list of like items and to dos and deadlines, and all that kind of has to get married together and there's various pressures that come from. Uh, you know, come from me and come from customers, and, and usually I'm I'm like passing the customer <laughs> <laughs> deadlines on, which is fine. We deadlines are are what they are, but in this world of like Amazon and other things, we're actually, you know, people. Are, do you actually build your stuff? Yes, we build we build our pickups, and you know, apart from the gatekeeper stuff, everything is made from raw materials all the way through yep. here. And so it, it takes a long time, but we've been able to get stuff out really fast. But still, that like. People like I want to know what I want it now. I I decided I want it, so now it's your problem to deliver to me as fast as possible. And so yeah, that's kind of a I, I I know that that's one of your one <laughs> of your frustrations, just because it's collectively like kind of not our problem when it comes, but it ends up being our problem. Yeah. Um. In terms of like, oh, you have to do this now. Well, actually, we have a schedule that says we're not doing it today, and we're not doing tomorrow either, <laughs> and that's just the way that we we have to run things here. So, um, yeah, because so, everybody wants it now. Yeah. Not everybody can get it right now, so we have to schedule things in. Definitely. So then, as you've you've kind of had a history, I guess um, it makes it sound bad. Like it's, <laughs> you've had a history with us. No, um, you were around um, early on. I think you were. You were a teenager when you started working here. Yeah, um, and and you worked for us for a little while. Did some kind of we had a, a tiny little bench top CNC. You remember that little little one? <laughs> uh, tiny I was so little, excited when oh, we got that too. It was so cool, but then it was not cool after a while. Um, <laughs> but we tried to we tried to get this CNC going to start doing the first round of our our custom tops and covers and pieces like that, and that was pretty fun. I mean, we had a good time like yeah. kind of dialing in that CNC and. And doing all that stuff, and then, then now your role has expanded over the last. Um, I mean, there was a period where you weren't here, um, but your role has expanded into to winding. And then now, within the last probably nine months or so, you've been been assembling pickups, which is kind of yeah. like you're ta- you're going down the different paths now. And so, what mm-hmm. have you what have you learned as you've started to? You know, you don't fully wear all the other hats, but you're starting to like see what it's like to. I'll put it on for one day. And, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I realize how much really goes into it. So I, I come into this guitar shop, pickup shop, not being a huge guitarist, which is where I think you and Marco and I have different views is because you two are mostly guitarists and I'm more of a machine tech guy. Mm-hmm. So I, with me first coming in, I was like, okay, I wind this. That's all I need to do. But now that I'm really starting to build, even some of these custom orders I'm building, um, I'm learning how much really goes into it, how there's phasing, how the magnet really affects the coil, 
um, how different wires can have different effects. So it's it's a great learning opportunity. Yeah, and you're starting to starting to see what goes into the design of pickups, and it's and it's been cool for me to say, okay, here's what we want, and then I know you can get there technically, but then I know mm-hmm. that that now you're starting to understand the tone part of it, which is just as important as how it fits together is like <laughs> the tone portion of it. I mean, we were developing um, adapters for ricochet pickups for relish guitars. So yeah. it's a quick change stuff and all this little things that we're, we have the, we have the tools, the material, and now you bring the knowledge in to, to achieve these different things. So it's been, that's been pretty cool. Well, well as far as um, just kind of as we close out here, what are some things you do outside of Porter? Because you're actually involved in music. Um, yeah. All of us are involved in some sort of music outside of, of Porter Pickups. And I think that that's, to me, that's really cool. I think that I want, I want music to be a part of our lives, that the people that work here, because we're making cool products for musicians. So what do you do uh, when you're not uh, spinning coils and cutting stuff out here? Um, well, primarily, I'm a sound engineer. So I'll, I'll go to, uh, to festivals, to uh, stages and stuff like that. And um, there's various aspects to being a sound engineer, but a lot of the times I'm working directly with the band and I mix them, make them sound um, even, so that way it's not all just a guitar with an amp all the way up. Um, so I, I do a lot of sound engineering. I do tech stuff. Um, like later on this week I have... Um, a client that needs me to to transfer some files over. She doesn't feel comfortable doing that, so it's it's. I try I try to do. I wear many hats in Porter, and I try to wear many hats outside too. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. I think about that whole sound side of things. Right? Like now, like you had to be a sound engineer for the annoying guitar players, and now you're <laughs> and now I'm helping pickups. them. Now you're helping them. It's like it's like wait. Wait, I can't do this. I can't help these guys. These guys are nuts. But on the other side, I'm starting to learn why they're like that, mm-hmm. and it's becoming less annoying. Um, like we'll have we'll have some customers come into the showroom, and they'll just turn the amp up, and then I'm hearing different fuzzes, different dis- um, boosts, distortions, different sounds, and I'm actually starting to understand. Oh, it's not just loud and clipping which as a sound engineer, distortion's bad. <laughs> right. So as I'm learning the guitar, oh, distortion is an effect. It's, it makes the sound. Yeah, and so, so has, that made you in, like, has that made you a better sound engineer, you think, in terms of you're, you're listening for something that maybe actually is supposed to be there, like you were saying? Yeah, it, it probably makes me more accepting. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's a guitar player and his amp's all the way up. It's like, oh, that's the sound he's going for. Yeah. Um, especially when I do cover bands or something like that, um, I'm starting to appreciate why they need four guitars. Well, one's a Tele, one's a Humbucker, mm-hmm. one's a Strat, one's a P90 or something like that. Um, so I'm starting to get a better comprehension of why people need more guitars, different guitars and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Otherwise, it was just like in the past, you're like, what's this dude doing showing off or something? Yeah. Like, why does he have four instruments? I think that's yeah. cool. I think that's like interesting for me just as as like someone who's kind of been in the guitar world. And then I would say I'm like the other way where like the sound world kind of scares me. <laughs> like, the bu- like too many buttons on a on a mixing board is terrifying. But we all... We all love good sound at a concert. We all love when we can hear all the instruments and when band dynamics come through from the stage and we feel it and hear it as a as someone in the audience. And so what what are those t- things that are important for you as you're mixing a band 
Um, what are you listening for? And, and how do you make sure that like you're translating their best? Yeah. So there's, there's science to it all, but basically it boils down to you want to hear everything evenly. You want to be able to hear the piano. You want to be able to hear the guitar, the bass, but then also you need to highlight some of it. So if you have four vocalists, you need to establish a lead vocal and then others. And um, I'm seeing it more and more where there's several guitars on stage. So then you get into there's a rhythm guitar and a lead guitar. So then you have to kind of mix them so you can hear them both, yet they're not kind of drowning each other out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's really cool. And so for any any people that are into sound stuff, hopefully that was kind of a, a, a look behind the curtain in, in more than one way in terms of how we build stuff here and and as well as just sound and letting you guys get to know the people behind um, you guys listen to me and Marco all the time, but we want to bring Ben in because usually we're <laughs> usually we're recording the podcast and we're telling you to be quiet in the other room. Yeah, right? stop the winder, yeah. turn the AC off, yeah. and <laughs> so now we're getting to the season where we can actually turn the air conditioning off and it's it's fairly quiet. But we mention this all the time. But our our, our office slash studio slash shipping room, <laughs> everything room here is in between the two bays, and so we used to do a lot more CNC work on the one side. But you had the CNC going, you had winder spinning, you had laser cutting. Um, we have pat- a very loud noise floor it's, here. It's loud, yeah. But but one thing that's cool too is that we all listen to music. I think that kind of as we, as we close out, I think that that's been a, a fun thing for me is just like we're all listening to music while we build pickups and hopefully absorbing absorbing good pickups into the, <laughs> the coils while we're spinning. Um, and, and that's been a, a fun part about here is just just listening to different music as as we as we go, it's kind of all music all the time. And then when we're off the clock, it's still a lot of music, yeah. you know, for all of us. And and so really, that's that's for me is like there's people here just for those listening. There's people here that really care about what they do and that um, they really love doing this. And and so for those who get our products, you know, we do say thank you and that that uh, we're really thankful that. That you enjoy them, <laughs> just know a lot of there is a lot of love, and we don't really talk about the extent that goes into the pickups. Like you kind of hinted on, like there is a lot that has taken. It's taken us a lot to get to the point that we're at now, where we can build something quickly, but we know it's quality. Yeah, you know, it's kind of this hybrid of technology and and skill and artistry, and all wrapped into kind of one one weird package, <laughs> one one messy showroom that gets a lot of really <laughs> cool stuff done. Um, but yeah, Ben, it was good to have you on um, have you on the Tonecast, so maybe we'll do this again sometime. And I, I kind of dropped this on you yesterday, like, oh, by the way, Ben, you're going to be on the podcast. And and so I love I loved that you stepped up and uh, wanted to jump in and do this. So thanks for being on the show today. Um, if you guys have any uh, notes you want to leave Ben, <laughs> you can email us at info at borderpickups.com and, and – you know, just know that there's people you send a thank you, and I try to pass those along as much as I can to the to the crew here. And um, it really does mean a lot to us to to get the uh, encouraging emails and the way to go, guys. And we're not I'm not soliciting that necessarily right <laughs> now, but at the same time, it's it's really cool in a, in a world that sometimes gets more angry. There's some some really good moments out there that that kind of they, they kind of keep us going, right? I mean, keep us keep us moving. So thanks again, Ben, for being on the show. If you guys have any um, follow-up questions, maybe we can have you back on again. If anyone wants to email a a follow-up question or just get to know anything specific about Ben's role and what he does, um, we could do like three shows 
if we really broke down everything that you do, yeah. we could probably do three shows out of it, which we're not going to do. Um, <laughs> but maybe maybe we'll go into to more details. Um, but there's a lot there's a lot that goes on all the time. I mean, we have broken machines that that need fixing, and and Ben is our guy there, and he cleans the laser and makes sure it's nice and the the <laughs> mirrors are clean so the beam is strong, and and that's always always a part of this. Like we have. Lots of machines here that always needs, they always need something. They always everything always needs something. So that's just part of the deal. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been the Tonecast number one twelve. I'm Brian Porter, and thanks Ben again for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, later. <laughs>